This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Today, we have two friends from Empower HR in America's heartland, America's kitchen, so to speak, Mr. Brent King and Jenny Guzman. And we're happy to have them here. I actually knew Brent in a prior life way back. Brent, this is how crazy this is. So you and I talked about this, about our mutual account that we had together when we were in Chicago for INA. Yes. That same account, when this episode drops, if you hear the intro to our podcast, that same account is the account that I reference when I talk about the prospect has already validated existence by agreeing to spend time with you, get in there and crush it, close the deal. That was Evatone. Yeah. So, Jenny, Brent, Brent was at Sequent in Cincinnati and I was at an, a brokerage or an agency in Tampa and I called on, I, I wrote an account. I had an account and he was the, one of the PEO people that was on it. Yep. And you 15 fell in years love, ago. And you fell in love and you couldn't turn back since. The better <laughs> question that I have, David and Brent, who I am in Chicago. Well, today I'm actually in our Milwaukee office is did you enjoy the food when you were here in Chicago? Like, we can talk PEO all day, but did you enjoy the food here? I did, and I enjoyed uh, a great lunch with Brent and Jared and Scott Carter. And I know we had other people with us, but I was at that end of the table, so that's really who I talked to the whole time. What a crew. It was. We went to... Enjoy uh, food everywhere I go, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah, like, but the food, in, the food scene in Chicago is completely... It's a different level. It is. Yeah, I've never been. It's on the list. It should be on the list, but let me warn you, wear a Kevlar vest when you go. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, it, we walked back into the hotel, and the guy that was working the bellhop stand was like, you guys really shouldn't wear your suit jackets and credentials for the conference when you're out on the street. They're going to know you're a tourist. I'm like, well, okay, so we're going to be a bunch of white guys wearing suit pants, a dress shirt, and ties, and they're not going to think that? I mean, <laughs> yeah. come on, guys. But anyhow, so we wanted to have, I wanted to have Empower come on. Number one, uh, Jenny, the reason that I met was even at INA is because I'm involved with Indium out of um, 
host, Westerville, Ohio, Mr. Chad Eddie, good friend of mine. Big fan and of his. Yeah, fan. y'all provide all the PEO services yeah. for Indium. And so we were there for INA. I My role with Indium is that I work with carrier relations and I'm a carrier liaison to try and um, make sure that we're delivering everything we promised to deliver and then also open up new carrier uh, contracts for our member agencies. And so Chad was kind enough to invite me and let me tag along. And lo and behold, I ran into uh, Brent and we had lunch together with, with the Empower crew. And as we were talking, I said, you know what? We haven't had a PEO come on the podcast. Pretty crazy. Let's make it happen. Yeah. I mean, and the, thing, the thing that's nuts is with my, my background, prior to launching Florida Risk, the agency that I was at, we did nothing but write master workers comp policies for PEOs all over the country. Um, and Kyle was a salesperson at CoAdvantage uh, directly prior to me bringing him over to Florida Risk. So we know a little bit about PEO. We know how to sell for you guys. We know how to sell against you guys, but we don't ever do that. And we're never (laughs) going to talk about that today. (laughs) So what I wanted to talk about, though, is kind of for everybody that's listening to this, and we've got a wide variety of listeners, but the overwhelming majority of them are property and casualty producers and insurance agency principals. What's a PEO? You yeah. know, I think that you know, employee leasing, PEO, all of that gets thrown around and it's sort of like API, right? Everybody wants to talk about, hey, can I get your API so I can integrate with your technology? But they don't even know what API is. PEO is the same thing. You hear the acronym, you hear employee leasing, it gets used interchangeably. So before we do anything else, let's set the table and, and talk about what is a PEO. Yeah, David, that's that's a great intro. And, and you know, as I was listening to you talk about, hey, Brent and I worked before and, and writing workers' comp policies and master policies. And I think PEO is just so much more than that, right? And employee uh, leasing, and, and Brent, fill in for me if, if I'm wrong here, employee leasing is a thing of the past, right? Nobody really refers to PEO as employee leasing. It's really a code, co-employment or a shared employment agreement between the employer of record, who is the client, as well as the PEO, which is Empower HR, right? So it gives you full soup to nuts, payroll benefits, and HR support and administration, as well as plans to support the small to middle market who may not be able to do all of these things on their own. Um, And I think that it is so much more than that because it's really becoming, especially here at Empower HR, becoming an extension of our clients' teams or the people that we serve to really provide a full um, integrated solution as it pertains to people-related needs. Um, I'll let Brent, Brent has been in the business for a super long time, so he definitely articulates better uh, mechanically relative to the master policies as it pertains to workers' comp. Um, yeah, so let me say one thing really yeah. quick. You very eloquently corrected me. Thank you. I went back to my old ways of being a Florida domiciled guy, and employee leasing is still very much a reality down here. Mm. The PEO value proposition is completely different in the state of Florida than it is anywhere else in the country because we have so many PEOs down here. It literally is commoditized and resorted to cheap comp and payroll. Now, I'm not saying that we don't have value players down here. Don't get me wrong, but... I've been out of the industry long enough. I forgot my manners and realized that once you get outside <laughs> the borders of Florida, there is a value proposition that is more widely used than just, hey, I can't get comp and I don't want to go to the state fund. Can you put me with XYZ leasing company? 
That's you're you're absolutely right, David. In Florida, that's what it's like. They charge a half percent of payroll. <laughs> they sell comp. They sell benefits. They get paid on that kind of stuff, too. So they do it in a different way. Um, and, and you're right. It's very commoditized in, in Florida. Um, if you look at it outside of that, you know, and I don't nearly articulate as well as Jenny does. So um, but if you look at it outside, we, we only look for the value prop. If someone comes to us just for comp, we don't, we don't do it. You know, if somebody saves them that the next year, they leave. We really look for the value added partnerships and much like insurance agencies, uh, you, you protect and you, you protect their companies and, and, and risk. We do the same thing, right? We're, 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 we're aligned in that manner. Right. So so everything that we do in payroll and that kind of stuff is our risk on our FEIN. So we're protecting that risk, too. And the key thing about it also is if they ever go to sell, we can take their value add up two times because all the risk is with us. So they don't carry that. So there's a lot of really cool things that that are involved in what we do that really values the client. You know, it's interesting, too, when you talk about selling, I think about how hard it used to be to unwind from a relationship with one PEO, move to another or whatever else. That's changed a lot over the last five to seven years with the certification of the IRS for certified PEOs. Talk a little bit about that, because I think that sometimes when P&C producers hear, oh, man, they're with a PEO, I don't think it's such a pain in the butt to move. I don't think I want to call on them. It's not as hard as it used to be to move somebody mid mid year. I mean, we could always move them at the beginning of the year. We could move them mid year, but the resets used to kick in, and yeah. now you're, it's going to cost them more mm-hmm. money on the food and the suda and everything. But talk a little bit about that. I mean, the IRS certification has become a big deal in the PEO industry, and I think uh, makes it a lot easier for guys like us to do deals because we're not bound by the renewal date. So you so to say, which in this case is the calendar year due to taxes, right? I was I was going to say I'll let Brent chime in on the CPEO where we were before and where we've come. Um, But specific to it depends on the state. Right. So in Wisconsin or in a different state, you may have that mid-year reset. Now, being in a CPEO, um, depending on the state, you do not have that mid-year reset, um, which really eliminates a lot of headaches. Right. So the team would then take all the check history, import it, and there's no issue. It's almost like moving payroll providers, for example. Um, but there's also been specific to just compliance in general and people having a comfort level. I think PEOs have gotten a bad rap for a long time for several reasons. One, the way they charge, right? It's not Most PEOs are not very transparent. It's always been a percentage of payroll. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the black box. That's what we it's, call it. Exactly. I mean, we, we it's all blown it all the time. There. Right. Yeah, exactly. How much are we paying and what? Whereas in Empower, we charge a per employee per month administrative fee. So most fees are pretty transparent across the board, right? And you know what you're paying. Premiums are a pass-through cost and there's everything broken down. So that's the reason there's a bad rap. How to move and how to move out of a PEO has given PEO a bad rap. But CPEO has certainly changed that um, in several markets just based on that not having the mid-year resets. But Brent, just from a historical perspective, what would you say, like, do you feel like CPEO has definitely shifted the mindset now compared to where it used to be? Yeah. I mean, I've done this for 27 years. So 
would even know what a PEO was. Uh, Brent is only 33. Look at how he's in. <laughs> I was just leaving that out. I was sounding sophisticated here. Uh, but so it was very, very difficult to move people on and off. And the tax restarts for employees were very difficult for, for a company to absorb and disadvantage their employees. So first of the year was a time for us, right? So you bring people on January 1, so everything starts over anyway. Being the certified PEO and certified PEO to certified PEO, you don't have to restart all that. So employees aren't disadvantaged anymore, you know, mid-year. Not that they wouldn't get it back at the end of the year anyways, but their paycheck still goes down mid-year before the balance is back out. Now they don't have to worry about that. They can do that transfer at any time. And they don't have to do that. We still say, you know, a quarter break's a great break, right? Because it's clean for a quarterly perspective for, for company taxes, but there are no more restarts with, with the CPEO. So now, I, wanna, that, I wanna talk about something real quick that Jenny brought up, and it's something I'm a huge advocate of. I say it every single time, and that is that you guys do a per employee per month charge, right. completely transparent at that point. And I, I agree with you. I think that that is the best, the absolute best way to do it. Uh, the people that bundle everything into percentages and hide in the black box, A, we know how to unbundle that. Mm -hmm. It's not that hard to figure out how to unbundle it and get there. And typically when I do those, when I'm, when I'm analyzing a, a PEO billing statement, I'm just trying to isolate all of the constants that are going to be passed throughs, whether you're the one paying it or the PEO is. I understand there's variances, you know, slight variances in FUDA, SUDA, and all of that. But for all practical purposes, I'm trying to get to where the admin and the comp is. If I can find those two things, those are the two places you guys are allowed to make money, and I know that I'm going to find it. So it's either going to be the profits being made in the comp, the admin, or some combination thereof. Now, the problem is that the, when you have these PEOs out there that put everything as a total bundled cost, number one, you have to do that to get there. But the client is the one that gets punished if they're successful, if you're working yeah. overtime, if you're taking bonuses. bonuses. I, one of the worst ones right. I've ever seen, and I'll be interested to hear what the worst is that y'all have ever seen, but I saw one that was paying 13 percent admin only 13 percent hold on strap on your seatbelt brent's gonna be licking his chops because he's like i could do this deal for six and a <laughs> What's half their number all day. it was a physician's group um, of all ooh, the people 13 percent think about the salaries and the bonuses for the doctors at the end of the year. <laughs> and, and i looked at it and i'm like uh, oh, oh my gosh like absolutely that's crazy insane. so for everybody listening to this you know, to hear a PEO that leads and tells you transparent pricing per employee per month, that's who you want to gravitate toward. Now, a lot of PEOs will do it, but you have to know to ask them to do that, and they'll mm. do it begrudgingly, and you really don't have a good benchmark as to what it should be if, if you're taking somebody from a percentage to the, the PEPM model, but if you can find somebody like Empower that has that from the very beginning, it is so much easier to deal with your client, your client that you're referring to them and explain how all of that works. So I just wanted to touch on that because that's huge. And David, I think it's actually bigger than just the transparency around the fee itself. You hit on something that when you are in a PEO, you are being charged. Of course, there is a bottom line potential cost savings in being in a master policy, whether it's workers' comp, medical, 
having access to better suitor rates, et cetera. Of course, there is a bottom line savings. However, if you are charged with taking care of all things people, there needs to be trust. And in order to have a trusted, good relationship out the gate, setting up how you're structured from a contract perspective, Mm -hmm. from a pricing perspective is so critical because how are you able to deliver on trusted, value-based, strategic HR support if you can't even trust how you're being charged in the PEO, right? Like it's almost right. feels, it doesn't feel like a partnership out the gate. It feels like just a vendor potentially. And we really strive to be, as I mentioned, an extension of the team and be a true partner. And part of that is achieving trust out the gate and building a deep, authentic connection with the people that we serve. Yeah. And I mean, it helps your clients to figure out exactly how much that employee is going to cost them for bringing them on. It helps them with job costing for for jobs that they're trying to pick up. Like all of those things are really important when you're trying to, um, you know, budget and and, and figure out what you're going to be able to do for the, you know, for the for the next year and and years to come after that. So I, I think that's spot on. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, and the, the, the flat per employee per month is definitely the way to go. Um, only because, you know, if, if you're the president of the company, it doesn't cost us any more to administrate you as it does to an administrative assistant or a salesperson. So mm-hmm. why should you be charged more for that? And back to, to, to David's question, one of the worst things that I've seen out there um, is a company that bundles it all together. And they don't provide tax cutoffs, but you don't know it. Mm, and then nice. when you, you pull it together, they're paying somewhere about 18% all long, okay, on, on their gross payroll because they don't offer the tax cutoffs, right? And, That's and crazy. you not know it unless, unless somebody actually pulled it apart. And it's really hard to pull it apart. It really, really is. And, and you know, they're, they're a good provider, but they're, the way that they bill is, you know, lots of heartache right and yeah i mean uh, <laughs> places like that will kind of keep it murky on purpose and, and make it pretty convoluted so that it's tough for for people to sell against it and and break it out but um yeah i mean so like when i was at coad we you know we had a pretty specific target that that we were going after like we were pretty you know pretty white collar so talk a little bit about your target client what that looks like um you know, for you guys? Yeah, sure. So our target market is 10 to 100 employees. Um, I would say our sweet spot in that is 50 to 75 employees. Mm -hmm. Um, Values, relationships, values, outsourcing, sees value in it. Um, And, you know, relative to industry, I I would agree that white collar, very heavy white collar. Um, Mm -hmm. But we found some really great success in light manufacturing um, restaurant groups, healthcare groups. So if you think about 10 to 100 employees, we can also do very well at 10 to 100 employees per location in a decentralized model, right? So like a restaurant group may have multiple locations. Well, you're not mm-hmm. going to have an HR business partner at each restaurant. Same with, say, a dental practice, something to that effect. So we've had some success in that market as well. I would say the the best success that we have is certainly professional services or what, what you would call white collar. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, your, your white collar, you know, I call it pink and gray. So your sales organizations, you know, as, as well as, is also very good. 
I think one of the easiest ways to describe it um, is that people that want to work on their business and not in their mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if they like to do a lot of not administrative work and, and spend their time in that area, then they're really not a good fit. But if they want to go out and market, sell, drive their top line, increase their bottom line revenue, and that's what they want to do, then we're really good for them. So if they want to grow, we're really good for them. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, one of the things that I always or that I picked up pretty early on, and that I would always talk about, is just being able to, um, you know, have that time to focus on the strategic aspects of your business versus the blocking and tackling the everyday stuff. And Absolutely. all of the businesses that you just described right there are, are the kinds that kind of fit into um, that classification, in my opinion. Yep. So those are the ones that where where it really made sense when we were having those conversations. Um, you, you know, the ones that were looking to grow their business, but were just kind of inundated with the day to day tasks of yeah. whether it was hiring, firing, you know, just managing in general, um, or if it was, you know, an HR burden. They were constantly getting you know questions about this and that and payroll and so forth. And and so those were always the ones that the conversations were, um, you know, pretty easy with, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the ones that were not open to the outsourcing that, you know, like you talked about that were using QuickBooks and, you know, doing things of that nature. Of course, that was a little bit of a different conversation. Yeah. Well, Kyle, really the, go ahead, Jen. Sorry. Um, I, you know, we really look for groups that are experiencing growth or trouble and by growth, that's pretty, and that's an obvious one, right? Clients. Oh, you guys were, ran him off. We, we did. ran him off. We're like, get out, Kyle. You're out. Um, you know, clients that are are wanting to grow and scale quickly and need the infrastructures, the infrastructure to do so. Trouble would be a client that you know grew really quickly, has no infrastructure in place, no compliance, and maybe they've experienced some sort of infraction as a result, or they've had an internal HR person for quite some time, and that person has left the business. If you get a client that's really just, hey, we have no pain. This is easy. You know, Susie, my office manager handles everything. We're good. We don't need you. That sale is never going to go anywhere because they don't, people don't change until they're present to the cost. So most times someone is joining Empower or any PEO, it's because they've been present to some cost or some sort of pain. Yeah, I mean, we see it. It's usually they need to have the ability to get the group purchasing power for benefits or, you know, down here specifically. I mean, I wasn't kidding when I talked about cheap comp and payroll. It is the market of last resort before the market of last resort. So it's adverse selection in the workers comp piece. And, you know, that that's a dangerous slope to try and, and navigate when you have a million dollar deductible per occurrence like most of the larger PEOs do and you're responsible for controlling claims costs right. inside that because that's what you, that's how you determine your ultimate book rate, right? You know, what are you going to charge versus what, you know, what's our book rate based off of this class code and the deductible credits we're getting on the program. And so that's what we see in in, in it's it, the mentality is Oh, I'll just go into a PEO until my experience mod resets and I'll come out and do it again. And unfortunately, in the environment that we live in, in Florida, there's nothing that's ever done to rehab. The PEOs that play that, play that game know that that's the game that's being played. And so they, don't, they do nothing at all to try and clean up the account. They're just doing whatever they, you know, they do deductible sharing and they do other things to mitigate their own risk, but they're not really doing anything to improve the risk profile of the right. client. And so, that's a bit of an issue. 
same thing holds through on the te- on the health, right? You know, everybody's trying to play a, a shell game with the different milliman buckets, depending on where they get rated. And, you know, you end up with adverse selection. So you have bad work comp risks and aging censuses with horrible experience on the benefit side. I just described the average Florida PEO client. Yes, you did. So, and, and you, you know, from my well. per- yeah, so from my perspective, there are times though, right? So I may have a client, and I'm going to give you an example. This is one of the best wins that I've had inside of a PEO here. But I had a client. They had a workers' comp claim. They were a prospect at the time. They had a workers' comp claim. The experience mod was going up to like a 1.5 or a 1.6. I start digging into the loss runs, and I realize that the reason the mod's going up is due to an indemnity claim filed by the owner of the company. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? Why are you filing a workers' comp claim against yourself for indemnity? I mean, I'm not telling him he shouldn't file a workers' comp claim. He absolutely should. I, I think... Any owner that's exempt is missing out on the cheapest form of disability insurance they can buy as the owner of an operation. But he had been injured. He uh, filed the claim. He should have. It was a rotator cuff claim, so there was some level of surgery involved. And the the claims adjuster from the carrier said, yeah, you're going to need to sit out, uh, send us your average weekly uh, wages for the last 13 weeks or whatever it is, blah, 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 blah. He's like, but wait a minute. I'm the owner of the company. I'm going to pay myself whether I'm here or whether I'm not here. There's no reason I should file this under insurance. The adjuster told him he had no choice. Well, guess what? You do have that choice in Florida. And so they ended up, it blew up the mod and I knew that. So I had a very good story going to the PEO. I can't do anything with NCCI to change the fact at this point, but I could at least, as I put my narrative together for the submission to the PEO, let them know, look, Here's five years worth of loss runs. This is a premium versus loss summary. This thing's been a single-digit loss ratio. It had a blip in the radar. The mod shot up. Here's why it happened. I'm asking that you be gentle with your pricing on the workers' comp because it just doesn't present the type of risk that the mod would lead you to believe that it does. Now, the nuance to this is that this was a year this company was really growing. It was a plumbing operation. They're having a hard time recruiting and retaining talent like every other service contractor out there. And this was the year they were going to put an employee benefits program in place. Well, when the mod went up and the premiums were going to go up for the workers' comp and everything else, it hit them financially enough that they weren't going to have the ability to contribute at an appropriate level for the benefits. So when we went to the PEO, we were able to show them the historical loss profile of the company and that it wasn't nearly the risk that the the mod would lead you to believe. And they were able to be flexible enough in their pricing that we got pricing 10% under manual premium. And that freed up enough cash flow that they had the contribution necessary to put the benefits plan in place. And they're still with the PEO today. They got their comp taken care of. They They were able to give benefits. The turnover has been reduced. The employees are participating in the plan. And it's had a great effect on the overall culture of the operation. Now, I say that for the benefit of my peer group who would not have thought about that. I don't know that the average PNC agent on the street would have said, oh, let me go talk to a PEO about this because I think they could do this, this, and this to give these people exactly what they need. They're going to go and try and figure out if they can't get a consent to rate on the comp or immediately go to the, the state fund 
and they're going to end up paying even more money, and the benefits never would have existed. So that's a huge win, in my opinion, because we realize this is a viable option. And it to me, that's one of those situations where the PEO solution fits like a glove. It's exactly where that client needed to be based on right. the stage they were in their life cycle. Absolutely. Do you, David, in your world, how does that, you know, you mentioned at the beginning, talking to PNC brokers and and what the benefit is in, in partnering with a PEO. I, you know, I'd like to highlight that most PEOs don't allow, allow for carve-outs. Let's say comp isn't an issue with mm-hmm. whatever client it is. And the PNC broker can actually keep the workers' comp, but they're looking for group master medical rates. Um, so at Empower, we can actually carve out medical as well as workers' comp, as well as 401k. Whereas other PEOs require you're either all in or you're out. So what's the experience that you've been seeing in PNC brokers being hesitant around moving their clients to a PEO or and are you seeing other PEOs that are more flexible and allowing a carve out scenario? I, I, Kyle, you could probably speak to this better yeah. than I can because you were selling lives, whereas I was insuring the actual PEOs. Mm-hmm. I, I, my guess would be probably about 50-50. You know, yeah. about 50% of them will let you carve it out. 50% won't. Um, so I, th- I think what we were talking about earlier kind of plays into this about Florida being the birthplace of PEO and how there's just so many of them. So I, I think that you're you're right in, in terms of 50-50. Um, you, you know, there's some... I would say that a, a lot of the ones where we are sending um, them to a PEO uh, because of a comp situation... There's no carve out going on there. Um, it, it's either all or nothing. Um, where, where I was um, working, that I mean, we could we could do carve outs there, and then some of your, you know, again, some of your your bigger dogs will will do that, which is helpful. I mean, and I mean that's great for the PNC agents because if they're trying to really do what's best for their client and solve a problem, right, and get them in a better situation, even if it is a temporary one. You know, then, then that's huge. Um, so I, I just think it depends on the client that you're that you're dealing with. Um, you know what their class of business is and and what the reason is that you're reaching out to PEO. Um, you know, is it is it just because you want to get them better benefits, or do they have some sort of issue with with the comp going on? And then you might have you might have a different answer to that question. Right, and I would also add to that 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 I really do believe, and and I get it all the time that. You know, insurance brokers, agencies are skeptical to utilize a PEO because they get poached a lot. Yeah. And, 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 and they lose the business. You know, we try to partner with the, the, with the agency and brokerage because it's better that way. Everybody wins. The, the agent and the agency gets to sell deeper into their client. They get more hooks into their client. They bring more value to their client. We can also provide recurring revenue. So if they come in and we take something over that helps that client company, we can also give recurring revenue back to the agency. So there's a lot of things that we try to do to partner with the broker. And even before we go in to meet with the client, we have a meeting with them and say, okay, what do you want the outcome to be? You know, what do you already have in there? You know, how do you want us to wrap our service around them to put them in the most advantageous position at all times? So it's a very unique approach that they're not used to. But overall, I that you know they're pretty skeptical as far as what we see here um, about you know working with a PEO. 
I'd say this though, like if you're, if you're worried about things getting poached or if you, if your business is getting poached as an agent, that's on you for not doing the stuff that you're supposed to be doing. If you're only talking to them at renewal, your shit's going to get poached every time, bro. Like, I mean, that's just the way it is. Come at me, bro. Come at me, bro. (laughs) So true. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, that that's the way that it is. We're in an industry that, you know, quite frankly, you can be average and make a really good living in. And so we, you know, we compete against a lot of average people. There's nothing wrong with that. They have great lifestyles. I just am not willing to settle for what others are. Right. Well said. Yeah, I I agree. I wish I wish everything was average, and we could just compete against average people and everything. Awesome. Yeah. Take it all. I hope the lasagna I'm having for dinner tonight is above (laughs) average. Opposite of average. (laughs) Yeah. It better be good. I mean, so what, let's, this is the second or third time you brought up lasagna. Uh, like, is this just something Annie's whipping up? Like, are you guys going out to the lasagna factory? Like, I, I have to understand the is source. What's going on? <laughs> so about a month and a half ago, she took a cooking class from an Italian chef on the proper way to make <laughs> lasagna. Okay. As a, which is not apparently going to the frozen food section and getting a tray of <laughs> Little Stouffer's. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic as a, as a substitute, by the way. But, Stouffer's uh, makes a decent lasagna. For being a frozen lasagna, I mean, it's tough to go wrong if, you, if, yeah, if you're in a pinch. And so she has now mastered like two to three different varieties of lasagna. Um, okay. And she was out of town all week and so far, and she came back and she's like, hey, you want me to make lasagna tonight? And I'm never going to say no. Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So talk a little bit about your distribution model, guys. I mean, you, you, I know you partner with PNC agencies. What are you looking for in an agency that you want to work with? What are the expectations? And if an agency says, you know what, I really want to work with Empower, what should they expect from you? Um, I would say we're, we're absolutely not limited to PNC shops. Um, as an organization, we refer to ourselves as broker agnostic. So we are actually a PEO, but we do allow ASO. So we have an ASO service model as well as um, an HRO service model. So HRO is more just strategic level HR consulting. ASO is basically everything PEO without the shared employment. Um, so we do partner with multiple brokers, um, not just PNC, but employee benefit shops as well. And we're looking for a partner that is similar to our target market, right? Has the ability to see the value in outsourcing, um, values, relationships, values, fair pay for, for fair value as it pertains to a partnership with who we're serving. Um, so we do really well in all markets and having sort of these agency or referral programs with brokers. Um, and most of the times I would say, most of the time I would say, we probably see more from employee benefits than PNC, at least in the other markets, maybe not necessarily Ohio. Um, but what I'd say is they've had a client that's longstanding. Suddenly that client loses an HR person or suddenly they can't get them a competitive quote, but they don't necessarily want to lose them as a client, but they want to do the right thing for that. So because we are able to carve out some of these things and do some commission sharing with these groups, we will partner with them, we'll bring them in the house, and then we'll structure the back end, how people get paid and so forth. But it ends up that broker still provides value by saying, I have a partner who can handle all these things for you versus saying, hey, I'm going to keep you and and you're going to pay 12% more because I don't want to give you somewhere where you could save money. 
or they end up losing the deal. So it just establishes credibility for the broker partner um, that they have the client's best interest at, at heart. Yep. Brent said, what else? What what we not talked about? Add on to, but the only other thing that I would add is, you know, with those partner agencies, at least here in Ohio, we've actually brought them into deals. Right. And yep. not just having them bring us into deals or refer, mm-hmm. we refer business to them. We bring them in and we have them like health insurance. We have them write the health insurance and then we carve it out and then we manage it, you know, for them as well. So they can see that it's a two way street and a partnership and we're just not asking. Sure. That's absolutely right. So if we're in a scenario where let's say somebody's been in the master medical for five years and they've sort of rated themselves out. Um, we will put them with a broker partner that we think can provide them with a great comprehensive carve-out quote, and then we retain the business, and then that broker gets a new look at something. Yeah, that's a good point, too. I mean, I've experienced that, the back and forth. A lot of times, Mm -hmm. you know, too, uh, there are PEOs that, look, again, I'm going to go back to the workers' comp because that's what I know the best about it, but you guys have an underwriting box. Sometimes the person with the pen in the risk management department's going to be a little flexible with that. Sometimes they're not. And that could be the difference between you getting a good deal or not. You know, maybe it's against reinsurance or it's against appetite to write industrial electricians. Typically, mm-hmm. very good censuses for benefits because very mm-hmm. little utilization, you know, young, young bulletproof males. But the comp becomes the heartburn. There's been a myriad of times because of my ability to place hard to place comp in the agency that the PEO gets the deal because I was able to place the comp outside right. of their master program for them. Right. So it Absolutely. works on that side of it as well. You know, and I actually see that probably a little bit more than what I see um, on the health side down here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the stuff that I was sending to PNC agents was mostly because we couldn't write the comp. That, that's what you're saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And our, our job, and, and it goes, you both have been saying, is to always put the client in the most advantageous position. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not just about us. It's about what they're doing, what, how we can do that and wrap it around and make it the most advantageous for them going forward and make it scalable and sustainable as they grow. Um, so, so we look at it as that partnership, and we do do that in comp. But even in even in, in health, we'll go out to the market at the same time we're looking at the master plan and it's best for them at the same at the same time, right? So they don't have to wait because the idea again is is to do the right thing and deliver what matters to the client. Absolutely. So we've been going about forty five minutes. What what have we not talked about that you guys wanted to hit on? Um, I think the only thing I would add and we, we touch on it high level is really we've also, when we talked about target market, we've also had a lot of success in the private equity space, especially as it pertains to groups that are obviously heavy in M&A mode, right? Which as we've seen after what's occurred the last two years, there are groups that are looking to sell and there are PE, PE firms that are quick to want to purchase. And so what needs to happen in that model, if they want to have a successful exit in three to five years, is have a really strong infrastructure. And that takes a lot of strategic work, right? It's not just the payroll administration or the benefits administration. It's really what sort of HR strategic infrastructure are you setting 
so that you can have a successful exit. So our team has had some really great success in some of these port codes where we've established a talent attraction and retention strategy. We've established a development strategy, an employee engagement strategy, um, looking at talent, nine box, things like that. So I think that we are probably at the front line of being more innovative around those types of programs, as well as I, you know, I lead the employee experience team here as well. Um, and how are we providing employee level support to employees so that internal business leaders don't have to spend time focusing on HR related matters? If you are, um, a PNC shopper, let's say you're, a manufacturer and you make widgets. It's your job to make the widgets, not to understand the ins and outs of HR. And so really hammering home on what matters to those clients, understanding where they want to go, where they want to take their business, whether it's an exit, whether it's they just want to continue to be a lifestyle business, but stay out of HR trouble, really understanding that and allowing them to focus on their business has been super important. Um, and I think that that gets overlooked sometimes, but I would say we're probably at the forefront relative to the strategic work. Cause I think people see the HR stuff is just, ah, I don't want to deal with it. Just make sure I'm not going to HR jail. Um, but there's <laughs> been a tremendous amount of value we've seen in the strategic work, especially over the last two years, um, since the world has changed substantially. Right. Well, I would think too, if I'm a private equity firm, uh, an employee, uh, a possible acquisition target, that's in a PEO and has the ability to remain in that PEO is a lot smoother from a representation and warranty standpoint in the transaction. Cause a lot of, I mean, that's one place where you see representations and warranties respond is unpaid taxes that weren't disclosed prior to the sale or other things. So, you know, I think that, that there's certainly an ease of doing business that's worth the spend to make it a more efficient process. Absolutely. And, and we've been brought in on A&M's to look at the covers while everybody looks at the numbers up here. We can come in down for a very low cost and look at everything here to make sure they're not missing some of those things that might not be paid. I mean, at one point, you know, in, in my old life, we, we uncovered almost a million dollars in unpaid comp premiums. Jeez. Yeah, and wow. they were they were looking Not up here, but they, they weren't looking down here, and it was in the it was mm. in the senior living categories, and the numbers looked great, but they didn't see it, and we mm. were able to go in and uncover kind of stuff. So you know, we we bring a lot of value in that area too, which most people don't think about, um, and how we can do that. Um, and and the PE firm, you know, with most people that go to sell their business way too long to prepare it for for the sale. So mm -hmm. help with that. You know, I mean, they go, hey, yeah, I want to sell my business next year. Well, your business is this. What do you mean it's worth it? Well, you haven't done this, 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 and this to get it ready for sale, right? And then if you can be in the PEO and up two times because you don't have all that liability and numbers sitting on your books, there's a lot of things that, you know, that can be really good for the potential and um Cool. Yep. And I think the last point that I'll make is our team is fun as hell. We are a good time. <laughs> Brent right. is fun. I'm fun. You, you know, I got Norman laying here on the ground. We bring dogs to work. We have a fantastic nice. team of people. We've grown substantially. I've been here for seven years and we've grown tremendously and we've had growth year over year. 
immense gratitude that we've been able to grow, especially in, in a tough time. But I yeah. truly believe it's because we focus on what matters and we truly develop those authentic connections and then we're relentlessly accountable to results. And we have a hell of a lot of fun while we're doing it. So there you go. Yeah. You know, Brent's always good for buying you a tequila. So anytime. You Damn right. I'm ready. Let's do it. Come to Ohio. Let's have some fun. Nice. What part or of Chicago? Ohio? We're in uh, oh, Dublin, we're... right outside Columbus. My my parents are from Columbus, Arlington. Oh, UA. Yep. No UA. Will Kyle's like I'm out again. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, guys. UA. He's, yeah, yeah, he's he he probably just left to head up to the shoe. I mean, well, you guys uh, ever up this way, man? Look us sh- up. Oh. You can work out of the. If you need to, and we'll go have some fun. Yeah, if I'm up that way, I'll be at Westerville over there with Mr. Eddie at Otterbein's campus in that place that Indium operates out of. But I'll yep. happily go to Schmidt's with you for dinner. We can, Shout we, out to Chad Eddie. We can yeah. do we can do Schmidt's, and there's a lot of other really good to do it as well. So we can make the tour. Yeah, that's going to happen. I'm going to be up there in May. I know that we're doing a deal, uh, an event that's – indium sponsored but it's going to be in uh it's going to be at the rock and roll hall of fame so a couple hours away from you yeah but i may make bad. it down that way to visit family what kind of event is it state. you know i don't know i just know i was told to be there what dates to block off and then i'm speaking i guess i'll get more information as i need it is indium putting it on i think so i'll have to hit you if it's something we can be a part of too yeah, I would ask chad john horvath is the one that i think is is putting everything together okay so. i know john if you know John, you may want to reach out to him. Just tell him we were talking on the podcast. And I okay. told you I was coming up, but didn't know what for and what I was doing, but I was going to be there. So Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. That would be something interesting. Maybe we can have something that we can speak on that would apply also to, to HR. And... Yeah, I don't know if it's like for all the member companies, member agencies or what the deal is. I should know more than I do, but that's far enough away that it hasn't even hit my radar yet. I'll, I'll start worrying about that in March. It's far enough away I can start pooping chat and figuring it out. There you go. That <laughs> Leave my good. friend alone. I love me some Chad Eddie. Oh, Chad. Yeah, Chad and everybody I been, does. Chad and I have been friends for 15 years. Again, That's since awesome. you were only six. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I met well, Chad since he was 18, since he's 33 now. Oh, yes. Yeah. His, uh, his wife, Amy, worked for us. Had their first child, and then she began to stay stay home. That's how I originally met him. Oh, I didn't know that. That's funny. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. I don't think Kyle's coming back. He's. I've already ordered him a new laptop. Um, he <laughs> drops at least once every time we record at this point, so he can't get here fast enough. Where do they find you guys? If somebody says, "Hey, I want to reach out," where do they find you? EmpowerHR.com. Look for us on social as well. Um, or you can obviously give Brent King, Jenny Guzman, any of our sales team a call. All of our info is out there. Phone, email, call us. We're happy to have a conversation with you in person. In person. Yeah, good deal. Listen, guys, I appreciate you coming on. Thank, Thank you, you so much. You. Really, yeah, uh, look forward to getting this out to our audience. Hopefully, we will have uh, helped some PNC agents out there see the light and yeah. start getting some business pushed your way. Have a great, have a merry, where I come from, we say Merry Christmas. So merry I'm going to tell you guys. To you as well. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Have a great you. Likewise. Thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal, man. 
kind of looks like he got into a jujitsu match in the short time he was off screen. So I went with the I, I went with the messy dude today, dude. How to be done? Go. I'm gonna stop the thing now. That's See cool. You. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com. 